the what if challenge number three. Welcome, time travelers. It's me, Matt Anderson. I'm back. I'm ready to do another what if challenge. And this one is about the X Men. Now, I'm just going to be totally honest. I loved the X Men as a kid. In the 90s, I watched that X Men animated show. I followed the X Men comics pretty closely, especially during the Age of Apocalypse. When that originally came out, I bought every issue. I mean, I was, I don't remember my exact age, but let's just say I was around 13 when that came out. Since then, I've read quite a bit of X-Men, but I'm not really into it anymore the way I was back when I was a kid. I haven't found a lot of the recent stories to be that appealing to me. So going into this, I'm interested in the whole Phoenix storyline, which this episode is going to focus on, but not a huge X-Men fan in general. So here are the issues we're going to talk about tonight. I think I should enjoy this because... It's more about the history of, of the X-Men rather than any sort of modern thing happening. It's really interesting because both Volume 1 of What If and Volume 2 covered the exact same question. And I'm interested to see how they differed uh, from their different versions. Probably, let's say, 10 or 20 years apart. I'm not really sure exactly, but I mean, I'll tell you by the end of this episode... I haven't read any of them yet, so we'll go from there. So the first one is volume one, number 27. And the issue is called, What If Phoenix Had Not Died? Okay, then we go to, What If Volume 2, issue number 32. And the, the question is, What If Phoenix Had Not Died? Exact same question, just told years later. And then... I'm honestly not doing this on purpose, but I happen to group together certain issues. And then when I look through them, I started to realize a lot of these ended up being two-parters. And again, I'm, I didn't do it on purpose. And as we go forward with more What If Challenge episodes, there'll be three official standalone stories. But here I am with a third What If Challenge. And the the grouping that I chose happens to have a two-parter because... Well, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be a two-parter because it's issues 32 and 33 from Volume 2. Again, it was What If Phoenix Had Not Died, and it's followed up by What If Phoenix Rose Again. I guess that doesn't really make sense as a two-parter, though, since one says she didn't die and one says she she's going to rise again. I'm kind of tempted to open these up and just find out if it is a two-parter. To be honest, I hope it's not a two-parter, but if it is... I won't be heartbroken because I went into this episode assuming it was a two-parter. But those two titles don't necessarily coincide. So I guess we'll have to see how this all fits together. You'll learn along with me. So let's just dive into the original one back from... Uh, I don't know what year this is from. Maybe 1981, it looks like, around that, that year. Uh, this is the first time they say, The X-Men ask, what if Phoenix had not died? All right, let's dive in. All right, we are back, everybody. Here it is. 
what if Phoenix had not died? This is from the original volume of What If, issue number 27. I'll quick give you the stats here. Uh, it was only 75 cents on the shelf back then. Uh, page counts 48. The cover date is July 1981, but the on-sale date is April 7th, 1981. One year before I was born. Uh, writer, Mary Jo Duffy. And uh, editor at this time, Jim Shooter. So, much like some of the other What If books that we've covered on past episodes, the opening pages of this book quickly chronicle what we've seen so far in X-Men history in the 616. In the, you know, again, the 616 is the main Marvel universe, not one of these alternate universes that you'll see in the What If comics. So, there's multiple panels, multiple pages dedicated to given a quick history of Jean Grey and the X-Men at this time. This is during the Chris Claremont run. And it brings us, uh, kind of updates us on what we need to know for the story that Jean had, uh, in order to save the other X-Men, sacrificed herself by flying some sort of space shuttle through some solar radiation. And somehow, by doing that, she was exposed to something that made her into the Phoenix. I've never read the Chris Claremont story, so I don't know exactly. I guess that is an important note. So I'm covering the what if Jean Grey hadn't died stories, but I haven't actually read the original Phoenix saga or Dark Phoenix saga. So uh, that's probably noteworthy, but what if does a good enough job at catching up that I don't think it's super necessary, but I probably would have enjoyed this a little bit more if I had read that. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but imagine if I had actually read the original story. All right, so she becomes Phoenix, and slowly she uh, starts connecting with a darker side. So she turns from just regular Phoenix to dark Phoenix, and this is due to some influence from a guy named Mastermind. And as the dark Phoenix, she has some sort of hunger, much like Galactus, where she needs to consume some sort of cosmic things like stars and planets uh, to fuel her. So she kills a star... She consumes a star as Dark Phoenix, which then destroys a solar system. Sorry, (laughs) destroys a solar system and uh, leads to the death of five billion people. So that is bad because of this. The Shi'ar Empire decides Phoenix is a threat and that they have to destroy her in order to save the universe from her, from her potential bad. The X-Men, of course, are against this because Jean Grey is one of their teammates so even though she's done something bad, they don't want uh, they don't want anything to happen to her uh, at the hands of the Shi'ar. So in the original universe, uh, eventually Jean realizes that she is a threat and she needs to be stopped, and so she allows an alien weapon to shoot her, and in a sense, she uh, I don't know she doesn't take her life, but she does allow herself to be killed. The borderline suicide here to save others. Um, so this what if story then says what if it didn't the events didn't unfold exactly like that. What if she had been incapacitated when the X Men were fighting the Shi'ar and never had a chance to get to the point where she was shot by that alien weapon. So the fight just ends a little bit differently, but then it leads to her not having to commit suicide. So, what happens here then is the Shi'ar 
defeat the X-Men in battle and do sort of a psychic lobotomy on Jean Grey, which was supposed to stop her from being able to access the Phoenix Force. And it actually seems to work. They go back to Earth. I mean, the X-Men are mad, of course. Uh, but when they do this procedure on her, the X-Men are right there. And it seems like even Professor X is kind of signing off on this because she is such a big threat. Uh, she's not quite herself. Not bad. Not evil. Not like that. But more like uh, just kind of... I don't know how to put it. I mean, they, they say that uh, she usually has more passion, uh, more, not attitude, but just, uh, she's just kind of a quiet version of herself, I guess. Um, she takes on a role now that she, oh, because when they had to do the lobotomy, the psychic lobotomy, they also took away her mutant power. So she doesn't have any sort of telepathy or telekinetic powers. So she still works with the X-Men in the role of a trainer, teacher, that kind of thing. Uh, so we see various scenes where that's happening, but then this GR Empire call upon the X-Men's help because Galactus is attacking a planet system and uh, they need the X-Men to help stop him. So the X-Men fly off to space. Jean Grey comes along, even though she doesn't have any powers at this point. She's still part of the team. So she stays back in the ship while most of the X-Men go and do battle with Galactus and, well, more specifically his herald at this time, which is Terax. Terax, the, he calls himself Terax the Tyrant. He also calls himself Terax the Tamer. He has control over, looks like Earth and the ground. He can lift <laughs> rocks and dirt and stuff. Uh, it kind of seems like a Magneto-type power only specifically with the Earth and ground and things like that. Uh, so, Terax... Does a good job at fighting against the X-Men. He doesn't really need Galactus' help. In fact, Galactus is around, but he hasn't engaged in this battle. Uh, at a moment when Cyclops is about to be killed and Jean Grey is looking on. Actually, she sees in her mind's eye because they always had a psychic connection. And it seemed to have been dissolved when the Shi'ar did that procedure on her. But something clicks on and she sees that Cyclops is about to be killed by Terax. And... She turns back into the phoenix. She's so angry. She, Well, she's so in love with Scott, but then also so angry that he's about to be hurt that she morphs into her phoenix version. Everybody's surprised. Uh, a young Kitty Pride is there going by the codename Sprite at this time. Uh, and when she's on the scene, phoenix, I mean, she can do almost anything. She's got to be one of the most powerful characters in Marvel at this time. She defeats Terex easily and then essentially scares off Galactus. They're probably on par with each other power-wise, but he decides that it's not worth it and that he'll go eat a different planet. Literally, that's basically what he says. Uh, so, it looks like then, after this, you know, the X-Men go back home. The Shi'ar have forgiven her now because she saved this planet, so everybody's seeming like they're at peace. Then we get a almost a montage of different battles that they do and how how much easier things are for the X-Men now that uh, Jean Grey as a Phoenix is on their team. And um, we do, there are some caption boxes explaining what some differences are between this timeline and the original timeline. But something that's happening that's a little bit uh, messed up is that Jean Grey 
at nighttime when everyone's sleeping sneaks off into space and she's consuming stars and asteroids again. She needs to replenish her powers as she's doing good with the X-Men. Well, bad news. Uh, Kitty Pride sees her sneaking off and that will become important later. So, um, they have a few other fights that I probably won't need to go into for for this, but fights with sentinels and things like that. And she decides to go on her way home and eat another asteroid. I'm, I'm not even sure what this... I mean, it says consume. It's not like she's literally eating an asteroid, but the Phoenix Force just consumes the power of these celestial beings. Uh, when she comes back to the mansion then, Kitty Pride greets her at the door and says, Professor X has been monitoring your telepathic... or." monitoring you telepathically he knows what you did gene how could you do that you destroyed another star and gene just kind of flips out on her turns dark phoenix and disintegrates kitty pride right there before the eyes of the x-men everybody's just in shock dark phoenix is back dark phoenix then takes out professor x easily she kills i mean it looks like she kills all of the x-men we're talking about angel storm Iceman, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Uh, not really Wolverine, although they're, it's weird. The caption seems to indicate that he allows himself to be burned by fire that she started. But we know that he wouldn't die from that, so we'll pass on that. Uh, Polaris gets killed. Uh, Havoc. Let's see. Does he get killed? He's there. I can't tell if he's actually murdered. And then something weird happens. There's an interchange between Cyclops and Jean Grey or Dark Phoenix. And... So, uh, I think she might accidentally kill him. And then she says, Scott, what have I done? What have I become? And you'd think that maybe this is the point where she somehow stops the Phoenix Force and she uh, turns back to good. But that's not what happens. She's have, In this moment of anguish, the Phoenix engulfs her, then engulfs the city, then engulfs the whole planet, and all of a sudden we're at the last panel and the watcher who is the narrator for this what if series uh talks about how what happened in your universe when jean gray willingly gave her life was a tragedy what happens in this alternate reality is perhaps worse but i neither judge nor condemn i only observe for i am the watcher and that's how the story ends so tragic twist uh the lead up to it was pretty good but tragic twist there at the end. I mentioned this in our last episode, I believe, uh, the last What If Challenge. There was a backup story called Untold Tales of the Marvel Universe featuring a bunch of characters I've never heard of. I think I read it last time, but I'm not going to read it this time. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with our main What If Challenge. And I think I want to do some more research on who these characters are and if they ever become important because it seems like there's sort of an ongoing serialized backup story happening and i don't want to read it totally out of order so i'm going to hold off on reading this uh all right well that brings close to this my final rating for this what should it be maybe i'll give this a it's pretty good maybe a four yeah four for this one maybe three and a half i'll think about it it was around there but for now i'm going to uh do a little pause here i'll read the next book and interestingly both of these covers have the same title what if Phoenix had not died? However, this one... Well, maybe I'll just give you the stats on this next one right now. This one came out uh, on sale October 15th, 1991, even though the cover date was December 1991. Cover price, $1.25. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, this is going to tell a slightly more modern version of this exact story we just read. Well, I guess I don't know exactly if that's going to be true, but uh, here we go. I'm going to pause it. We'll be back. All right, everybody. Back to talk about the second What If Phoenix Had Not Died. So, this is crazy. But even though this came out... Well, let's take a quick look. I mentioned that this one's from 1991 and the previous one's from 1981. So, 10 years apart. Get this. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was an accident or on purpose, but Marvel decided to start these two What If stories in almost the exact same way. So, I'll tell you more in a second. First, I need to mention that Chris Claremont helped with a plot on this. Uh, it says, George Caragani and Chris Claremont were the plot people and that George did the script. So I'm guess- guessing that he did the majority of the actual writing for it, but the fact that Chris Claremont is involved in here, pretty interesting. All right, so like most what-if issues, if not all, the watcher is kind of talking about where things are at in our real universe and are they... Uh, I should say the main Marvel universe and where things diverge in these opening pages. They do add more to the background story, though, than I got in the 1981 version. So in this 1991 version, uh, and again, I mentioned this earlier, I'd never read the original Chris Claremont story. In the 81 version, they kind of cut to the chase and told how Gene Gary became Phoenix. In this 1991 version, there's more story about the Phoenix creating almost a cloned body of Jean Grey. So I don't know if this was a retcon that had happened at some point in that 10 years. I mean, I'd almost be certain that that's the case. So at some point in X-Men continuity, they changed the backstory on what actually happened during that Phoenix saga. And they decided to put that in here. So now the added backstory is that when that, when Jean Grey was driving that ship, that uh, space shuttle, I should say, through some sort of solar or space radiation, and that's where she became Phoenix, it's not actually where she became Phoenix. Instead, the Phoenix Force made a perfect copy of Jean's body and soul. That's what it says here. And also made it so it wasn't aware of its true nature. So I think what we're seeing here is that she uh, essentially clones Jean Grey's likeness and I, I don't know, just even her like soul, you know, even who she is on the inside. And then that the Phoenix then takes on that form and then makes itself forget that it's not Jean Grey. So we got two Jean Greys here. Uh, then she puts the real Jean Grey into a cocoon looking thing and hides it away. So Jean Grey is alive, but in a cocoon. And so for the rest of the story that we're about to talk about, the Jean Grey that we're talking about is the Phoenix Force in a Jean Grey body. Jean Grey body, not the real Jean Grey. Okay, so then, catching you back up, uh, we see the part where Mastermind messes with her mind and she becomes Dark Phoenix and she goes to trial, or no, the Shi'ar attack. And again, I mean, there's some divergence from how the battle went the first time. And... Uh, in this version, just flipping through the pages here, the Shi'ar again capture Jean Grey and do their little psychic lobotomy on her. So it's all exactly the same as the issue that we read that was 10 years older. But in this version here, here's where it gets different. Instead of them all going back to the X-Men and she's working with the X-Men just as a normal human now, uh, Scott and Jean Grey 
go off together. They get married and they leave the X-Men. So uh, that's the big change. But she is really upset. She, Even though they're happily, well, they're married and that's good. She hates the fact that she doesn't have a connection to, um, like, her, she doesn't have her telepathy anymore, her telekinesis. Uh, this, she describes it as, as if she had lost her hearing or her sight. Uh, it, it's been such a big part of her life that not having it is driving her nuts. So you can kind of see just from the artwork that she's sort of on the verge of a breakdown here. Scott's trying to calm her down, but at that same moment, Magneto shows up and kidnaps Jean Grey. He takes her to his asteroid M, some sort of ship off in space, and says he has a way to give her her powers back. Meanwhile, Cyclops joins back up with the X-Men to go get her back from Magneto. Uh, They do battle while Jean Grey is contemplating should she get into this thing and become Phoenix again or not. So there's a little bit of back and forth there. You know what? Did I leave out an important part of this story? Hold on one second. I just want to quickly check something. Okay, nope, we're still good. There is something coming up, though, that will be kind of interesting. Okay, so... uh, So, she contemplates being the Phoenix again, but she knows that Dark Phoenix could potentially be in her uh, destiny if she makes that choice. And so, she makes a hard choice to not go into the machine, to not become Phoenix again, but and also just to not get her powers back that she's had her whole life. So, you know, it looks like the X-Men want to take out Magneto, not once and for all, like kill him, but, you know, stop him. And uh, Jean Grey stops them and says, there's been enough fighting for today, and they all go back home. And it seems like things are happy. Scott's going to join back up with the X-Men, but also have family life. And uh, Jean and Scott have a baby together. And they named their baby Rachel Summers. The reason this name is noteworthy is because there is a character in the real Marvel continuity named Rachel Summers. She's from the future. She is Gene and Scott's kid. It's an alternate timeline. She, we first saw this character pop up in the Days of Future Past story. So now I'm sitting here wondering, are they going to try to tie this what if story into being almost an origin for the Days of Days of Future Past, Rachel? Or is it just another Rachel? We'll see. So, uh, Jean goes back with the X-Men also as a teacher. She's going to be teaching the New Mutants. So, we see a bunch of those characters. Uh, then, while she's home alone with the baby, and there's a little caption box that mentions a lot of the X-Men and New Mutants are missing due to the events of Secret Wars 1, Mastermind shows back up. Remember Mastermind? He messed with her mind in the original Dark Phoenix saga. Well, he's back. Giving her a bunch of visions that are messed up. Just tormenting her. He's mad. And then the story takes it uh, to the next step. And it turns out it's actually Shadow King. Who is now inhabiting the mind or body of Mastermind. So kind of a one-two punch there. Um, Shadow King, you remember, is maybe Professor X's biggest enemy other than Magneto. Uh, in the course of their battle both in real life and on the astral plane... The mastermind who is being controlled by Shadow King shoots Jean, kills her, takes the baby, says that this baby will be the new host body for Shadow King. And then uh, we see the dead body of Jean just laying there. All of a sudden, Phoenix shows up again. And it looks like Dark Phoenix is back. Or oh, This is what... 
she's in her dark phoenix costume but she's starting to get her memories back of the other gene how she's not the original she now recognizes she's a basically a clone of gene gray uh, but cloned and the phoenix so she now has to make a choice what does she do about the she goes to where she had deposited that cocoon She's trying to decide what she should do about the real Jean Grey. Will Scott still love her? Will he be mad that she's just an alien that looks like the person that he loves? And while she's thinking about this, again, remember, the Phoenix is all powerful. She just kind of thinks to herself, uh, what if Jean Grey just never existed? And just like that, the body disappears. And because of her powerful cosmic abilities she's able to basically blink Jean Grey out of existence. So this original version that has been alive there all along is now gone. So the issue ends with her contemplating. Now this is the Phoenix Force, but also with Jean Grey's memories and emotions. Kind of thinking, what has she done? Let's go to the... I'll just read the last panel. Uh, Maybe this is actually the Watcher talking. So uh, Phoenix says, I didn't do that, did I? I couldn't. I'm sorry. And then Watcher says, I saw the Phoenix save the universe. I saw her refuse power and save it once more. I saw her destroy a world in an insane rampage. This day, I saw her take an innocent life, a deliberate act of murder. And with that one selfish act, she will condemn everyone and everything she holds dear. Time will tell you. Time will tell. You will see. And then it says, next issue, what if the phoenix rose again? So, it's been a weird pattern, but I originally set out to do this what if challenge and have three self-contained stories. This is the third time we're doing it, and when I originally grouped all these issues together, I didn't pay very close attention to the issue numbers. Turns out, once again, we have a part one and part two. So, time to pause this recording and go read about part two of this story it does actually have a little tease here so i'll give it to you it says next issue if you thought this issue was intense wait until you see part two magneto has pushed phoenix down a deadly path into the days of future where there lurk sentinels and other surprises you dare not miss what if phoenix rose again see you here so that is that like i said i'll pause it we'll come back we'll have the conclusion of the story and maybe I'll rate. Should I give this a rating right now? I do kind of like to do that before I read the next one. Hmm. I like this one a little less than the first one. I gave that first one a three and a half to four. I guess I can't give this too much more than a three, but it wasn't bad. Hmm. I wonder if I would have liked it more if it didn't follow the original or the first issue I read so closely because it has a very similar opening. Uh, I'm going to say three for this one. Subject to change, though, depending on how the next issue goes. So, uh, we'll be right back. Back for more for the conclusion of this episode. What if Phoenix rose again? Can't remember. Did I give you guys the uh, stats here before? Mm, Maybe. It's been a while since I just read this or since I last talked to you, even though for you it's just a second. I'll just do it again. Cover price, 125 Cover date, January 1992. On sale date, November 19th, 1991. This is What If, issue number 33, which means the last one I just talked about was What If, issue number 22, or sorry, 32. Both of these are in volume two. So um, let's dive in. Continues right where the last one left off, although it does have a quick catch-up for us. Uh, looks like a two-page catch-up from where we left off before. 
Phoenix goes right to battle with the Shadow King. Bad news. Shadow King used some technology that had been used uh, by the alien Eric the Red. I guess in a previous story back in X-Men 104, there was an infant version of Magneto that Eric the Red used a machine on, which accelerated the infant into adulthood. Well, Shadow King takes baby Rachel, accelerates this baby into adulthood, and then takes over the body. So pretty messed up. But guess what? By page seven of this book, she's already Phoenix has already defeated the Shadow King. Once Shadow King is destroyed and the Rachel's body is just left there still with the mind of an infant, uh, Phoenix then uses her powers to atom by atom rebuild Rachel back into an infant. I guess there's some precedent to this. Uh, I don't know if it was with the Phoenix powers or it with just Jean Grey's regular powers had to have been Phoenix. But I guess in an issue of, I've never heard of this, Bizarre Adventures number 29... Jean Grey, let's, I'll just read the quote. I've done this kind of work before when my sister, well, Jean's sister, Sarah, was transformed into a water breather by a Tuma. I rebuilt her atom by atom. So apparently Phoenix uh, has this kind of power to do this. So here we see it again. She makes Rachel back into an infant and then decides she's just going to keep the, uh, the fact that the real Jean is dead a secret or I guess maybe gone. So we then flash forward eight years. Um, Jean's back with the X-Men, but you know she's not powered up. She's hiding from the fact, or she's hiding the fact from everybody that she has Phoenix powers again. Um, and uh, But Rachel, who is a telepath, is starting to realize something's going on. She tells Logan about a dream she had in which a firebird killed her mom. And Logan is kind of clued into the fact that something's going on here. Meanwhile, there is a president named. Let's see. Do I have a name here? Hmm, president. What is your name? There is a president at this time who is anti-mutants. Here we go. Anti-mutant president David Russell. He's uh, working on some anti-mutant legislation. So Phoenix sneaks off into night. Goes to the White House, because I think this is now after he's become president, and makes his mind think differently about mutants. So then the next day at a rally, he's talking about how you need to turn away from wrath, or hate, I should say, turn away from hate, and love the mutants like any other human. And he's assassinated by an anti-mutant person. Meanwhile, the new president, who was the vice president, calls Gyrick, who's a person we've seen in X-Men past before, uh, well, I have. I don't know if you listener have, but he's always involved with the making of the Sentinels and Master Mold. So that's what happens. He activates the Sentinel program, but it's kind of weird here. In this continuity, uh, teams like the Avengers and the Fantastic Four have joined up with the American government. So the Sentinels and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are all on the same side against the X-Men. Uh Logan goes and confronts Jean Grey. Then again, remember that this is not real. It's not the real Jean Grey. It's the fake Jean Grey, the kind of the clone, but really the Phoenix, confronts her. She tries to hide it, but eventually she gets him to admit the truth. Sorry, he gets her to admit the truth. And she then uses that mind wipe trick on him as well and makes him forget everything about it. But Cyclops and Professor X had overheard 
And so now they're all clued in. So the secret's out. No more mind wipes. She leaves because everybody knows that this is actually Phoenix and Jean is gone. So then we have more flash forward where now we see the X-Men doing tons of battle with the Sentinels at some point off panel. We don't see this, but Professor X gets killed. I'm guessing other X-Men have also been killed. Well, wait a second. I got a list of people that were killed during some of these Sentinel attacks. Uh, Bruce Banner, Matt Murdock. uh, Who else? Daniel Ketch, which I believe is one of the ghostwriters. Mark Spector. Oh, here's I was going to note this. This is weird. Here's a weird thing. Namor is fighting with the Avengers at this time, or fighting with Fantastic Four. I should say fighting on the side of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four against the mutants. But Namor is a mutant, so that's a weird, weird note. With Professor X dead, Cyclops is leading the group. They are formulating a plan to take out Master Mold, and Magneto shows up. He wants to help. In some ways, I was wondering, are they working up towards lining this up with the Days of Future Past storyline? I'll just spoil it right now. They don't quite get there. It does seem like there's some overlap, but I would have liked it if they brought us all the way to that, so to those exact scenes that we saw in the original Days of Future Past. And even what if they had Kitty Pride? I think I've read this a while back. I believe it was Kitty Pride who uh, was able to use her mind to travel into this future. And yeah, I mean, if we had seen all that in this, that would have been really cool. But that is not what happened. Instead. The X-Men, without Phoenix, are fighting against Sentinels. It's not looking good. Magneto gets shot, paralyzed, it looks like. And then Phoenix shows up to save the day. She's in her dark Phoenix costume, so even the heroes are kind of worried. But she says she's in control, and she helps them beat the Sentinels. But there is some loss. Looks like Nightcrawler dies, Colossus dies, Kitty Pride dies. Yeah, lots of lots of heroes are gone here. Phoenix overwhelms them with her power and then goes back uh, with the X-Men to their base after it looks like they've won this fight. Uh, just for the record, I think I need to take it back. It looks like Cyclops might actually still be alive here. He's in the final scene. We've got uh, Wolverine, Rogue, Storm, Cyclops, somebody else I don't recognize. I'll pass on that. Uh, Scott says, it's okay. I married you. I know you're not Jean Grey, but you're the woman I love. So it looks like they'll have a happy ending after all. But there is a mutant character who I think is typically a villain, but she's with them in, the, in a lot of these scenes. Her name is Destiny. Uh, she can see the future. So the Phoenix asks her what her future holds, and Destiny admits that it's only death, that eventually she's going to lose control again, and everyone's going to die because of it. She needs to leave. She needs to go to space. Um. I'm going to flip here a little bit, flip through the pages to get to a certain quote. It's Destiny talking to Phoenix, and she says, The life of a mortal, no matter how you treasure it, is not for you. You belong to the universe, and it belongs to you. So with that, she leaves her child and Cyclops behind, and she kind of wonders to herself, would things have been better if I died? And we... We, uh, who have read the original Marvel continuity, may know the answer to that. I guess maybe I don't know the answer. What's better, this version or the one we have right now? So, that's the end of this. Another good story. I think all of these are pretty good, pretty solid. Uh, I think I'll have to give the nod to the first one that we read today, issue number 27 of uh, volume one, as the best one of the day. So I think I'll just say that was three and a half and the other two were three. That way I can have a definitive winner. 
So there it is. The winner today, What If Phoenix Had Not Died, issue number 27 of What If. And uh, I think I'll leave you there. I sometimes do recommendations, but instead of tying it into this series, I'm going to tell you that I saw in the most recent current solicitation. So in the August 2018 current solicitations, they're saying that uh, Marvel is releasing another, uh, not a volume of What If, but a, another batch of What If issues. So there's going to be, I don't know, I want to say five or six that are coming out. I'm going to buy three. Uh, there's three specific ones I'm going to pick up, and I'll cover them here on this show. I'm trying to decide if I should tell you right now which ones I'm going to pick up. Uh, I guess I'll tell you. There's one called What If Punisher, and that is What If Peter Parker Had Become, with his spider powers, a Punisher-like character. So I'm going to cover that here on this show. I guess I should tell you, I chose three so I could do the same what if challenge, but with some new ones instead of the old ones that I have. Then there's, so I'm going to not pick up what if magic. Uh, that's the character magic, Colossus's uh, sister. I'm not going to get that. There's also a Ghost Rider one I'm not going to pick up. Uh, there is a Thor one I'm going to pick up. In this version of Thor, Odin has died and he's raised by the ice giants. Kind of a flip of what happened with Loki. There's an X-Men one starring Cable and Domino that I'm going to pass on. Then there's one called What If Spider-Man Number 1. In this story, a different person is or has received uh, or, uh, the spider bite and become the new or become Spider-Man and it's Flash Thompson, but the bully Flash Thompson. So, those are the ones. So, I'm buying just a did I say three? Yeah, I said three. As a refresher, if you want to follow along with me, these issues are coming out in I believe October 2018. What If Spider-Man Number 1? This is about Flash Thompson. What If Thor, number one. This is about Thor being raised in... Uh, what's it called? I'm going to look it up here. Does it say? It's by the Frost Giants. I want to say Jotunheim, but I could be wrong about that. And then finally, what if Punisher, but it's not Frank Castle. It's Peter Parker with spider powers as a vigilante who doesn't mind killing, it looks like, because he's got guns, but also a Spider-Man costume. A black and white Spider-Man costume, but more Punisher-ish. Uh, you get the idea. Go look online if you want a picture. Buy those. Read them along with me. We'll review them in a few months. Hopefully, I'll be back with another What If Challenge before that. But I want to uh, make sure I let you know what I was reading coming up here in the near future. Well, everybody, I think I'm going to close it out here. Thanks for joining us on this, the latest What If Challenge. Again, you'll remember, I'm just going to be covering uh, three issues at a time, picking the best one. And someday in the distant future... We'll have some sort of tournament to figure out which truly is the best what if issue that I own or maybe out there anywhere. Well, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson signing off.